Shabbat Shalom, everyone. Parashat Toldo Daniel Luria from the heart of Yerushalayim. Ki mitzion teitzei Torah udvar Hashem mi Yerushalayim. So we're spreading a little bit of Torah. None of it is mine. I'm just a, a mouthpiece from various rabbis and different generations that have written things about the Parsha that I'm just forwarding in a way that I hope is uh, successful. Uh, the parsha starts off with the birth, the birth of the twins, and we know that uh, that they both daven, Yitzchak and Rivka are both davening, but it seems that his tefillot, in whatever this means, are accepted a little bit more than Rivka's. Uh, mind you, it took uh, 20 years of their marriage uh, before they had the children. But he was a tzaddik ben tzaddik, you know, a righteous person, the son of a righteous person, as opposed to Rivka, who was maybe, you know, she didn't see so much growing up. She was uh, defined maybe as a tzaddikha ben rasha, um, and even though we talk in terms of a balat tshuva, someone who has uh, returned to the fold, a balat tshuva, a BT, as is said in different countries around the world, uh, has enormous amounts of true kavanah because they've come from a long way. But he, it's even harder maybe, you could look at it in that way, that Yitzchak, who was brought up in this way, that he's still managing, as opposed to just being a robot, because that's the way he was brought up, you know, from, from birth type thing, but he still managed to have the proper cover knot that ultimately uh, got through. And two children are born totally different from each other, uh, twins, but they couldn't have been further apart in every aspect, uh, in looks, in character, in emotional uh, maturity. Uh, one, as we know, was a bit of a wild man out in the field. The other one was uh, more straightforward and quiet, just wanted to be uh, you know, in the home with his family and learn from his parents. Very different. Uh, of course, Yitzchak loves, uh, loves Esav. Maybe he saw the potential that he had uh, that was never really realized in some way. That's a message actually for anyone, you know, maybe not to judge, uh, you know, our children too quickly and there's always huge potential. You never know how things are going to turn out. Um, but he actually gives a reason for his love. It was more of a conditional love as opposed to Rivka, uh, where it doesn't give a reason. Of course, uh, you know, for Esav, as we know, you know, it puts food in his mouth. He went out there, he did some hard work. But uh, Rivka towards Yaakov is very straightforward. We'll get to later the actual, uh, what happened towards the end about the brachot, which obviously makes everyone go crazy. How is it possible? How did this end up happening that uh, Yaakov in some way uh, used a little bit of a ruse uh, based on what his mother wants to happen in order to get certain brachot? Uh, we'll talk about that in, uh, you know, very shortly. But there is, a, first of all, there's a, a, a famine. And uh, they start going down to Mitzrayim. But of course, this time, as opposed to Avraham, and opposed to uh, Yaakov, who also uh, ended up going down to Mitzrayim, as you know, for many years, Yitzchak, when he gets close to the border, when he's about to leave because he needs to survive, Hashem says, no, 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 stop, 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 stop. Al tered Mitzrayim, do not go down to Egypt. You are uh, a perfect being born in Israel, the first person after Abraham who wasn't born in Eretz Israel. Don't go down to Egypt. Not only that, obviously, if he's not going down to Egypt, um, we know that he's staying in Israel. But the Torah adds, for a very good reason, as many people speak about, Don't go down to Mitzrayim. Stay here in the land. Dwell. Uh, the word shchon, as we know, uh, a number of words is, plays on this, this root word of shin chafnun. One is obviously shchina. The Shekhinah is here. The Shekhinah, the place where a person is meant to live, where Jews are meant to live, and where fulfilling the mitzvot is the ultimate, 
in Eretz Yisrael, they're not the same two things. You know, everyone understands that the mitzvot are meant to be kept here in Eretz Yisrael. We keep them overseas, yes, in Golis. Yes, that happens and we're meant to do that. But when someone keeps a mitzvah here in Eretz Yisrael, it's another level altogether. It's a lot spiritually higher. It is what was meant to be from the very beginning. In any case, stay here in the land. Shechon ba'aretz Yisrael, because this is here where the Shekhinah is. Not only that, he's telling him, don't go down to Mitzrayim. Shechon ba'aretz. Build Shechonah. Build a Shekhinah with the Shekhinah. Build neighborhoods and live here in Eretz Yisrael. The message that Yitzchak is given. The first person born, first Jew born in Eretz Yisrael is being told, do not go down to Chutz Laaretz. And that your primary aim, because it has to be telling us something new, because it's additional two words that don't really tell us, you know, we knew that he's staying in Israel, because it says, don't go down to Mitzrayim, don't go down to Egypt. But when you're here in Eretz Israel, the concept of building a shechuna, a neighborhood, a Jewish neighborhood, and infusing it with the shechina in whatever way, our behavior to one another, behavior towards Hashem, bringing God down to the shechuna, to the Jewish neighborhoods in Yerushalayim or throughout the land of Israel, is first and foremost, that's the priority. Maybe I'll get to it later with regards to Atariot Konim. In any case, uh, we have... They don't go down, they stay. There's the, the digging of the wells. Another amazing thing, is a good thing to talk about with your children. How many wells did he, did he dig? What were the names of the different places? I've always found fascinating. You had, I mean, wells is for everyone. It wasn't just for Yitzchak and his family. This was also for the locals, for the Plishtim. But what did the Plishtim do? Yes, I know you know the answers, many of you, some of you. They filled in the wells. It was also for them, but rather than have wells dug by the Jews, and even though everyone can really benefit from this, no, 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 that's not what they wanted. They wanted specifically to to, to anger because there was there was hatred, whatever it was. We're going to fill it in, you know. Uh, in spite of everything, where do we hear something like that? Where do we see things like that? Who remembers those fire balloons coming over from the Gaza? If they love Eretz Yisrael so much, why are they destroying so much of the land? Just so that the Jews can't have it. It's not like, even if they're missing out, just so the Jews don't have. So there's a very interesting uh, message and story about the wells. Of course, we've got uh, the, uh, the brachot, uh, the brachot themselves. It, I think we have to all understand that and maybe we don't really get the whole story. Why is it that Rivka, together with Yaakov, did what they did? It's true that Esav uh, sold his birthright, was not interested in anything spiritual whatsoever, didn't deserve A, B, C, and D. And at the end of the day, he gets all these blessings. But the Birkat of Avraham, remember this for always, he didn't take the Birkat Avraham. There were other blessings that we can maybe discuss. Yes, no, appropriate, not appropriate. I mean, how it was done, did Esau deserve it? He sold it. In any case, what's the point? But the Birkat Avraham was still given to him regardless. After everything takes place, at the end of the parasha, when everything is gone and Yitzchak knows what has happened and, and Esau has screamed to the heavens and he's angry and he's upset, Yaakov comes into his father and he's not told off in the slightest. There's nothing like that. And before he goes to Padan Aram, he's actually given the Birkat Abraham, the blessing, the covenant that you will be the continuation of us, this special holy nation of priests to be given the land of Israel, that a great nation will come from you. That was still given to Yaakov, ultimately the ten tribes, etc., Am Israel, 
after the whole story, these other brachot that uh, that Yaakov got in that uh, in that that story that we're not going to go into more, but uh, definitely worthwhile to to look up. So there's tons of things in this parsha. You know, I think from here we see a lot of uh, you know anti-Semitism. You know, maybe this is something not maybe. You know, Hashem obviously knew what he was doing in relation to who gets what bracha, who was born first, who was the older one, the two twins going off in their different ways, uh, marrying different people, creating different nations. But this animosity, even to this certain point, this hatred towards Yaakov and the Jewish people, um, you know, it, it's something that obviously God gave us even for our own benefit. The fact that there is this hatred between Esau and Yaakov and everyone that comes from one to the other, anti-Semitism, in some ways keeps us on our toes. It, it makes sure that we don't get too close to the going, to the Esau's and the Ishmael's of this world. Uh, because we've seen what happens when Am Yisrael does get too close, when they drop the guard, they drop Hashem, they drop the Judaism, the world will accept us. Let's get out of the ghettos and the shtetls because the emancipation is here. We're moving and we're like the rest of the world. We don't need the Judaism. It's all gone. Then there's a wake-up call because they don't want us the same. We have to be different and separate. Not greater, but different and separate with a special uh, holy job here in this world. So in many ways, it turns out that this hatred and anti-Semitism that seems to be embedded in in everything uh, from, the, from the word go from Esau and Yaakov is really there is a blessing that Hashem gives us where he orchestrates this way to keep us in check, to constantly make sure that we're turning to Hashem. It's a very interesting way to, to maybe look at uh, anti-Semitism and everything stems from uh, from this week's parasha. I think... Uh, uh, the one point in this parsha, and I, I'd like to try and connect, if I can, most parshas to Ateret Kohanim, this concept of Shchon Ba'aretz, the job of Am Yisrael today, and I'm not sure if there's anything more paramount, is to have Jewish neighborhoods, Shchon Ba'aretz, Shchona, Shchina, Shchona, neighborhood, Shchina, divine presence. The two to be brought to the land of Israel, and especially here in Yerushalayim, that is exactly what we at Ateret Kohanim are doing. There are lots of troubles, there are lots of issues we're up against. Arab money, Arab terror, world money, Muslim edicts, United Nations, EU, the left-wing lunatics in this country who are doing everything possible not long ago. They even went with some Arabs to court to claim the statute of limitations. We haven't heard the end of it yet uh, to, in order to say that it's too late and we can't, back, can't get back the properties or the hectares, the sanctified trust can't back the properties in the, uh, in the old Yemenite village of Shiloach. Um, hopefully that won't be uh, uh, that won't be accepted by the courts. It's still unfolding now. There's a lot happening at the moment. Uh, we can add families. We need Am Yisrael. We need people involved in getting back the hektesh. That's a, a legal project. We have legal projects, children's projects, investment projects. And I know that each week I say it, but I have no idea really who's listening, how they're listening. And maybe one week there'll be someone that hears it and say, you know what, I'm going to do, I want to bring the shkuna. I want to bring a Jewish neighborhood. I want to bring the Shekhinah. And the people who are doing that at the forefront today is Ateret Kunim. And I want to be involved. So who knows where this is going to lead to. Anyway, uh, that's what I wanted to, uh, to mention. I wish everyone a Shabbat Shalom. Read this parasha with your kids because it's so it, it's unfolding. I mean, each week, I suppose, we should be reading everything once, twice, with Mefrashim in English. There is so much to learn. And I hope I have given across one or two little ideas from the Parsha, Parshat Toldot, Shabbat Shalom from Daniel Luria.